So sure podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Kevin, and this week, week we're, we're talking, talking about, about Culture Club. Club. Boy, it was like a race to see who could get to that. And boy, George. Yeah. Kiki, we get raised. Might have her. Well, I know sometimes you have resentment about me introducing the show and I saying that. Don't the resent show. it. I don't care. Whatever. Fine, you'll never do it again. I will do it again because we have people that enjoy listening to us. In fact, uh, we had seven messages. Uh, last week for our too short, apparently, Millie Vanilli episode, seven people complained that it was too short. Well, how much more information could we have gotten about them? True. You know, so I don't want, I didn't want it to just turn into, let's play this whole song. I really like that song. That's really good. Let's play another song. But it was only 40 minutes song. People rely on us of a Monday morning to get them to work. Well, something really good you could do if you're wanting more, I'm so sure, is to listen to a back episode or just listen to the episode at half speed. And then we sound like this. I think people want new information, new But we talk episodes, about old things. But it's new coming from us. Yes, we do talk about old things. We don't talk about new things. Although we will be talking about new things Once that new show of yours comes out. That's right. We are now one week away from Twin Peaks coming on to Showtime, May 21st, Sunday night at 9 p.m. And we might as well talk about it now before we get into our Culture Club coverage is that we are going to have a segment of our podcast each week after the episodes have aired. It's going to be called Twin Critiques, and Kevin can take full credit for coming up with that name. I don't care. Well, whatever. full credit, full credit, full credit. Uh, yes, I came up with it because I'm just a little bit more clever than you, I guess. Well, I had lots of things in mind, but they were very esoteric. And honestly, some of the best ones have already been taken. Esoteric. Who are you, Nick Rhodes? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to have a segment where we talk about the show. It won't be it won't be like a whole 45 minutes of coverage, so no one has to freak out if you don't care about the show. You've got a big booger hanging out of your nose. It's probably just a white hair. I probably need to trim my nose hairs. I noticed you need to do something, mister. Well, I'll take care of my personal grooming later. So, Culture Club are from England. They're not a were because they are. They still still, are. They still are, although they've taken breaks over the years. Including they took a break when we were going to go see them in concert last year and decided not to show up. But that's another story. We've mentioned that several times already. Yes, we had good seats. And no, we did not get to see them. So, the group consists of Boy George, Roy Hay, Mikey Craig, and John Moss. That's right. And um, and kind of Helen Terry. She was the she wasn't an official member of the band, but she was a crucial part to their early success. Crucial. Well, I would say she was like, a, like, I think with color by numbers. That's yeah, their not their album. first album, but she yeah. definitely made her presence known. And she really well, she's in the video for time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of sad that I was watching that video the other day, actually. Um, did you know that that song is, it's like in the rock and roll hall of fame's top 500 
songs, like the songs that helped shape rock and roll. I don't doubt it. Time, Clock of the Heart. Yeah, culture that's a brilliant well, song. But the video, they kind of have Helen Terry. I don't know what she's supposed to be, but she's like, she looks like someone's mom or a maid or something. She's got like one of those like rags, a do-rag thing on her head. I honestly don't remember the video. To get prepared for this podcast. Oh, you did nothing apparently. No, I listened to um, many of their songs. I listened to a couple of playlists on Apple Music when I was at work because I didn't have all their music on my phone, but I do have it all in my iTunes library, thanks to you. Um, That's right. And I listen to more obscure things like non-album or non-singles um, and stuff, just, you know, re-familiarize Whatever. myself with what, stuff. What was the first thing you ever heard by Culture Do Club? you really want to hurt me? Me too. I I heard it on Casey Kasem's American Top 40. And I heard it before I ever saw the video because, as we all know from the sad stories of my youth, we did not have cable for the longest time. So Wait, yeah. I didn't well, see the video. MTV... I don't know if they made the video later or what, but the video that MTV played originally for it, it was like a live or a lip synced performance, I think, from Top of the Pops. Oh, it wasn't the courtroom thing? No, they didn't start playing that until I think the song was already going down the, the chart. Because I was like, why didn't they play this before? Right. But I heard it on the radio before I ever saw a video. Me too. And Casey Kasem was talking about the band and he said they were led by the flamboyant boy George. And I kind of like, I, I was unsure for like a couple of weeks if, you know, is boy George a man or a woman? Because he kind of sounded like on that song, at least he kind of sounds like a soulful female singer. A little yeah. Bit. Parts of his vocal range and, went there. And then like the more that I found out, it was just like this androgynous kind of, presence that he had and maybe he's trying to confuse everybody or she's trying to confuse everybody by calling herself boy george and but ultimately the whole thing is ultimately it's kind of just her was a him he he was a she and he's just having fun and that was just that's what he did that was his look it was not trying to make any kind of statement i don't think i think it became a statement but didn't it seem like he was very like it was the eighties, so there was all kinds of gender issues going on, and like you just didn't care. It wasn't like a big deal at all. Like Boy George kind of just seemed like a, I don't know, like a very non-threatening kind he, of. He was a very non-aggressive. He was aggressive, I guess, in his. Um, the way he presented himself as an entertainer, but he wasn't in your face with any kind of political agenda. It didn't feel like. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like he was a drag queen, even though he referred to himself as a drag queen in an award acceptance speech. But, but. he never had, like, breasts or, no, like, a suggestion no. of a female body. It, it was, was very much his own... Creation. Creation, even though Pete Burns from Dead or Alive at the time made some kind of comment about how he had been doing it first. And then boy, George said something like, it doesn't matter who did it first. It matters who did it better. Well, and boy, George has had a long history of verbal sparring and stuff with other celebrities and not being ashamed to just talk someone talk trash about people, which is kind of fun. Right. Yeah. But he likes to use the see you next Tuesday word a lot too. Well, that word means something different. In England, it yeah. doesn't mean the same thing, but it does here. So, 
So I could say cunt, and it wouldn't be offensive to our English listeners, our British listeners. Right. But, but it, in America, when I say, oh, see you next Tuesday. You're just, you know, I'm, making feathers fly when I you know. say that. Well, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> Oh, now you're a Canadian. But in your real life, you use that word constantly. No, I don't. I think it. I hear it an awful lot. Well, it's I treat it the way the British slang culture uses it. I don't use it as a hateful, misogynist word. I just use it as a word that's, like, very in-your-face, just for shock value. It doesn't shock me, though. Well, fuck it's you. <laughs> Does that shock you? You, you no, fuck you. You fuck you. You fuck you. <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone about, if in case they haven't seen that movie in a while, that what that it's you're a, obsessed with that? It's Melissa's movie. Melissa's movie called The Boss. Um, there's a, a scene where she's talking to this woman. It's actually um, the woman who co-wrote Bridesmaids with Kristen Wiig. Annie Momello or something like that, mm-hmm. I think. And she's just like one of the mothers, this horrible mother for the, the Girl Scout troop. And Melissa gets up in her face and says, fuck you. And then Annie Mamulo says, y- you fuck you. I just think it's so <laughs> funny. It's really funny, too, when you watch that movie with closed captioning. But anyway. Well, it's fun to watch any movies with like, it's fun to watch Scarface with closed captioning just for the extreme swearing and stuff like that. I should also say by the time this episode is posted, um, Melissa McCarthy is hosting Saturday Night Live. I think for the fifth time tonight. Tonight. So when it posts, it will actually be. You're giving away the secrets that we record on Saturday today. Well, I can't wait for 1135 tonight. I will be asleep and I will enjoy watching it tomorrow on Hulu with no commercials. Good for you. That's my pattern. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in the last couple weeks. Like, have they have they been doing that live coast to coast or is that just starting now? They've done it before. Okay. Yeah. I didn't Chris Pine host last week. I didn't think that was a good episode at all. There was like one funny thing. I saw something funny, like on entertainment weekly and it was the where in the world is Kellyanne Conway. So it was just good shtick for, um, Oh my God, what's her name? I said, she's a national treasure from ghostbusters and, um, uh, Kate McKinnon. Oh, I didn't know who you were talking about. Yeah. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. This has nothing to do with Culture Club. Well, let's play some of a Culture Club song. We've already played a little bit of Church of the Poison Mine. Let's listen to the song we were just talking about. Do you really want to hurt me? That sounds good to me.
So did you know or ever realize that in the video, the real video, not the Top of the Pops version, that Mikey Craig from Culture Club is not in the video? And I can't say that I realized that. His brother is in it. They use like a lookalike? Yeah. I don't know. He, I guess he had to go to the grocery or something. He just, he wasn't available to make the video that day. Hmm. So his brother stood in for him. I didn't know that until like years later. So I'll have to watch the video again. There's some trivia for you. Thank you, Google. No, I knew that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you just searched that. So their next single was probably my favorite Culture Club song. Not Karma Chameleon? No. It was Time, Clock of the Heart. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. You know, I'm surprised. I guess I didn't research to see if anyone's covered it. That seems like a song that would be ripe for, you know, some covers to be out there. Because yeah. that's such a iconic song, I think, for a Culture Club it catalog. Is. Well, did you know Do You Really Want to Hurt Me is not even their first single. White Boy and I'm Afraid of Me, which are both from Kissing to Be Clever, were released as singles first. And they didn't do anything. What? Well, I would think that, like, after listening to that whole album, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? It was obviously, like... The most obvious The hit single, single from it, yeah. Yeah, that is kind of strange. But it may not have been their choice as far as what the the release pattern of the singles were, because that, that those days it was much more decision of the record companies and stuff. Oh, I guess you know everything about yes, how I do. Like record companies I do. work. I really do, yeah. Do you? I, I think I do, yeah. So it's uh, that time to mention a story that I think we've told before, but we have to tell it again. Brace yourself. This is extremely feel bad. So their third hit single was I'll Tumble For You. And our friend Matt called the radio station in the town that he grew up in. And he requested I'll Tumble For You. And um, the DJ hung up on him. I hate it when that happens. That happened oh. to me before when I called a request Falling by Julie Cruz from the Twin Peaks soundtrack. Not really. But it that is very unfortunate for me. It happened when you called to request something by the Alan Parsons Project, the most boring band to ever exist. Yeah, when Kevin got here and he was finishing his lunch that he brought over, I was doing some things on iTunes and maintaining my library, and I was like, oh, I haven't heard this in a while, and I started to play Eye in the Sky by Alan Parsons Ugh. Project, and I heard him holler from across the house, turn that off, no! Because it's terrible. As though I were playing like... Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites same or something. Thing. It is not on the same level as Well, that okay, shit. so here's the... I, I, don't, I think I've mentioned this before, but I guess you forgot. But you know when you see somebody yawn and it makes you yawn? Yeah. The Alan Parsons Project singer sounds like he's getting ready to yawn. And whenever I hear it, hear that, it makes me want to yawn. In fact, I'm just talking about... Oh, literally, that's what happens to me. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. I really enjoy Alan Parsons Project, and especially I you love fuck you. their album Ammonia Avenue from oh, like 1984. That's just about stupid. With that song, Don't Answer Me, and I love the video for that. It's like really retro animation, or I can't remember what exactly, how to describe it. When that came it. on MTV, I would get it off as quickly as I could could with the remote control that was on a cord that was connected to the VCR. 
because that's the way that we, we had to have the remotes the at remote. the time. Yeah. Well, if you're not familiar with Alan Parsons Project, please look it up on Spotify. Do yourself a Music. favor and run the opposite direction. No, it's good for a 70s, 80s kind of thing. It's nice. And this is, after all, a mostly retro programmy, isn't it? Mm, yes, Coke pe- is really people good. People are listening to you drink your Coke. I don't have any ice water today. I'm drinking. Oh, some, are you out of it? Um, water? No. <laughs> I'm having um, a new variation of Starbucks iced coffee that they have at your local grocers, um, but it's dark roast coffee. That sounds really gross. With a little bit of. Um, like like simple Creamora. cream. It's not creamor. It's coffee mate, but it's like just their sweet cream. Uh, who cares? Just for people that want to know, they it's don't. Good. They they don't care. That's what I'm currently enjoying. Thank you. No, thank you. What was the first Culture Club thing you ever bought? It was in the. Um, Columbia Music Club. So you didn't buy it. You got, you got no, it. No, it wasn't got free. It for free. It was one of the things. Oh, I okay. can't remember if it was like the twelve free, albums, twelve for, for a penny, one penny, and then buy six more at fourteen ninety nine each, and you could get them at plus shipping and handling. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was. I was wanted to know what handling meant. Shipping and handling. Well, it's to pay the labor that actually packages it and puts it in the mail. Anyway, I got um, Color by Numbers. Wow. So I did not have their first album until probably... I think maybe that was one of the things I bought to fulfill my obligation. I had the 45s of Do You Really Want to Hurt Me and Time, Clock of the Heart, and I got the vinyl of Kissing to be Clever for Christmas, and I also got parachute pants and my Yamaha keyboard. Remember my pants that I got at I had, I, I had a picture of it. That's why I remember it. Oh, well, you should post that picture. I have these pants that I don't have a photo of. So are you going to talk about those white vinyl Sh- pants? Yes, they were white vinyl that pants. wipe clean. They had little rivet holes on the sides of them all the way through, like, to you never ventilation. You never and, yeah, you couldn't put them in the washing machine. You had to wipe them with a cloth to clean them. And then eventually they got... I wore them enough that sweat... Did you just wear them around your house? Because if you wore them to school, people... That would have been worse than my green pants story. No. These or were not... Super Scott. <laughs> oh. These were not nearly as offensive as that, but they were... Is that when you curious. got those teal-colored Docksiders? Probably. And oh, then I got man. the back of my hair like I had it now um, bleached. So remember and it was like what a rat happened? Tail. Remember when you told me that you were thinking about ble- or uh, perming the back of your head? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what I said? Then you won't be prepared not to be friends with me or something like that. That's exactly what and I said. You were dead serious. Dead serious. Perm the back of your head and you won't. Hear from me again until we have friends that did that to their hair back in the day. I didn't have any friends. I think Andy Neutron Dance did that. Yeah, that was the thing. But he was an acquaintance of mine then, not a friend. Well, oh, I suffice it to say, I didn't do it. The worst thing I did was grow a really long tail and then I had it bleached white. I couldn't really do many things with my hair because it was a mushroom, a mushroom cloud of hair, which everyone can see because I posted that picture of us from 1988 mm-hmm. yesterday. Lots of likes on that picture. 
You have no response. What's that cat doing? Um, Jack is trying to get between the... Um, betwixt. Betwixt the mattress and the um, Pottery Barn bed frame. Uh, who cares that it came from Pottery Barn? No one asked um, you. Like Liz Claiborne from um, Serial Mom's like, I like your top. Liz, Liz Claiborne. Claiborne. Yeah, I like so, that. Nice bed. Pottery Barn. Who cares? Just saying. Ugh. <laughs> I, why do people say just saying? Because they're just saying, just saying. Yeah, they just want to hear. No, I'm saying just saying. I can hear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even if I couldn't hear, I could see your lips moving. I don't need to be told what you're doing. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just like some people punctuate all their sentences now. I know, right? With that. Oh, fuck. No, I wrong. never. I never say I know right because I, I make, know right. I make fun of it. Or 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 now that's just been shortened <clears throat> to right. <sighs> oh man, why can't just people go back in time and talk normal, like as though it were 1986? So I have a couple phrases that I would like to bring back into the vernacular, and the first one would be "Golly gee willikers," like Dennis the Menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like Golly gee willikers. Here's a phrase I'd like to hear more people use. Fuck you, Leslie! I just think it would lead to more direct and honest conversations. I think you're right. Yeah. I've also decided that from now on, I'm going to answer my phone. Well, that's funny, because I don't answer you my never. phone. You never. Who does? I think most people screen their calls. But when I'm going to... When I answer the phone, instead of saying hello, I'm going to say, Hanky dinky parlay voo. I have no idea what that's from. I just think it'll be fun. I think people will like that. Why don't you make that your, um, I'm sorry, I can't take your call right now. Please leave a, your name and number and I'll return your message. You know, I don't even have a greeting recorded on my phone. It's you can't just, be bothered. It's just like uh, the pre-installed recording. Hanky dinky parlay boo. So Culture Club's second album was their huge album. That Color, was their breakthrough Color album. Color by Numbers. The first single was Church of the Poison Mine. Which we've already played a part which of. Which we've already played. Which we used to re, um, live down the street from the church that my parents were married in. And I, like you and I lived on the street, yeah. not my family. And I used to refer to that church as the Church of the Poison Mind. It really was, too. Although they had a nice... It was a beautiful um, church. They had a nice, what was that thing they had in the fall, the French festival? Oh, that was bullshit. It was kind of nice. Although, we remember what a nightmare it was with the parking? And the street would fill up with all those people, and they would take up our valuable parking places that we were entitled to because so you it was couldn't in front move, of our house. So you couldn't move your car that day, and if you wanted to go do something, you had to tell somebody, if you want me to come with you, you have to come pick me up. Because I'm not going to not be able to park in front of my own house. Remember, we went to we went to that with my mom, and I think we took little Jamie with us, too. Yeah. Oh, I do remember. The French I it, market. I, everything smelled good, but then I just I thought everything was too expensive, and it was and things it, I was afraid to try. So I well, didn't man, even eat some anything. of it seemed real carny too. But okay, back to Culture Club. So the single after Church of the Poison Mind was the huge international smash hit single, Karma Chameleon, which we don't feel is the best representation of Culture Club. We're not going to well, play it's it. Just, it's just—it's one of those songs. I mean, I'm glad it was such a hit. It's one of those songs, though, that was like so overplayed and still is that you kind of get tired of it. Yeah. Like, well, I don't have any songs by Duran Duran that are like that, but 
Like I have a few. <gasps> I'm just kidding. I beg your tremendous pardon. <laughs> but a karma chameleon, also, I think that maybe it's also because musically it really has a lot of the harmonica. And I know there's a lot of harmonica in Church of the Poison Mind also, but it just seems like by that point, it's just like... Not loving the harmonica. Yeah, unless it's Stevie Wonder. You know, I enjoy Stevie Especially Wonder. Especially if it's Stevie Wonder. No, I love him playing on uh, that Eurythmic song, the There Must Be an Angel Playing With My Heart. I that's guess really that's good. okay. Yeah. And I just called to say I love you. Ugh. Didn't you hate it when Claire Huxtable sang that? I don't remember her singing that. There was an episode of Cosby Show where Denise was driving and she got in a car wreck and hit Stevie Wonder's limousine. And he invited the whole family to come down to the to the recording studio. And Claire Huxtable got to sing I Just Called to Say I Love You with him. But it had already been recorded. So she wasn't going to be on the actual single version. So he was really just lying to her. It's one of my least favorite things. You can discover America. America. All right, so back to the singles. Um, The next song from Culture Club from this album is a song we like to play for any of our cats when they've been reprimanded or they feel they've been done wrong or they just act like they. We don't play it. We sing it. We sing it to them, and it's called Victims. Yes. Let's let's hear a little bit of the chorus of that right now. The victims we know so well. They shine in your eyes when they kiss and tell Strange places we never see But you're always there Like a ghost in my dream And I keep on telling you Please don't do the things you do When you do those things For my puppet strings Have the strangest voice all right, so we already mentioned this on our concerts episode, but you want to tell your uh, shorter version of your victim story at a Boy George concert? We went to go see Boy George, and he sang this song, and someone in the audience started singing it, too. And Boy George said, shut the fuck up. And they did. And we thought that was really funny, and we just kind of thought, oh, that was something just for us. But apparently he did that at every concert on that tour. In fact, I have a Culture Club DVD where um, it's like a lot. I forget which concert it was, but it's a live DVD. And he does the same thing on the DVD. Maybe he just thinks it's funny to be singing this really poignant, sad song. Kind and of in, sad the middle, song. in the middle, he says, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Maybe that's like a, the way I like to put fuck you, Leslie. I wonder why Victims wasn't released as a single here in America. It's one of the standout tracks from the album. Absolutely. I really love Black Money, too. Yeah. That's a, a good Helen Terry song. So Yeah. I enjoy Black Sweat by Prince more, but I do love Black Money by Culture Club. I'm sure a lot of people don't even know what Black Sweat is. Well, let's play a little bit of Black let's Sweat. not. Oh. This is not a Prince episode. Speaking of Prince, though, there was a new song that came out that's from his unreleased tracks. It's going to be on the Purple Rain Anniversary Edition that comes out next month, and it's called... The next single from this album was called It's a Miracle. I wasn't quite finished. I think you were. Oh. We'll cover that Purple Rain business on a later episode. On a later We could do a whole episode about the reissue of the Purple Rain soundtrack. That's a good idea. I'm full of good ideas. It's a miracle that you are. Take note. It's a Miracle, actually, originally, this is the rumor, I don't know if it's true or not, but it was called It's America. 
Yeah, I remember reading that at the time. I think in Star Hits, probably. Probably. Yeah. But they had to change it to It's a Miracle because the record company didn't think that a song called It's a Miracle would fare that well in other countries. I remember really thinking this video was kind of like the pinnacle of their visual, like of, of their videos, because it had so much going on in it and it was so colorful. And it looks like it was very lavish and um, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, other videos that they did before this point were really good, but I think this was like one of their best of their early videos. Yeah, I love the song too. Yeah, it's a fantastic and it's, song. And it's a really, another really good Helen Terry song. Let's hear a little bit of Helen in It's a Miracle. Before that actually came Miss Me Blind. We correct ourselves. I think there is like a 12-inch remix, though, that has Miss Me Blind and It's a Miracle. Yeah, like mashed up together. Yeah. So we love both of those songs. We do. Well, I guess it's time to go on to their third album, which is Waking Up With a House on Fire. And that's the uh, tour that we got to see them on the first concert that we went to together. And the first hit from that was The War Song. War, war, stupid. It is. It is. And boy, George had a really um, amazing hairstyle at this time with that giant red curly yeah. situation. But I think this is kind of where it all started falling apart. Falling apart for him. The heroin use and you know other antics, drug use. and yeah. he had lots of issues. Very, very allegedly. sad. Yeah. yeah. But, well, he's come clean about a lot of that oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. Well, he's written two books. Yeah. Both of which I have. Of course you do. Um, but the, one of the singles from this album that I love is Mistake Number Three. Yeah, I listened to that when I was reviewing songs this week and forgot. Not forgot, but just re- was totally remembered how much I love that And song. you know that that was like a big hit on the R&B chart? Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it doesn't sound R&B to me. It's just like a pretty ballad yeah but i like the video too there was just something about the style of george's voice and the instrumentation to different periods in their career that kind of cross genres i think that really made them accessible to lots of different well i think that's why they're called culture club well thank you for that report from the land of the obvious well i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just deleting click so after that came well they had their hot hot single from the movie um, Electric Dreams. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks sh- for interrupting me again. We should also mention that movie Peace. Electric Dreams. Dreams. Not only it stars Virginia Madsen from uh, Candyman, Twin but it has Peaks. Lenny Von Dolan, who was Harold Smith on Twin Peaks, Twin is in Peaks. it. Let's play some of Love is Love. You don't have- Up in emotion like me 
I've never actually seen that movie. Isn't Maxwell Caulfield in it also? I don't know because I haven't seen it either. It looks stupid. <laughs> so I never watched it. I'm sure now. I never liked the look of that Lenny. His name was a turnoff. His look was a turnoff. Then you saw him on Twin Peaks and you were turned off. Even more turned off. Then we saw him in Home Alone 3 as one of the bungling uh, burglars that tried to take get the best of Alex D. Lenz. Yeah, Lenz. Lenz, yes. whatever. I think he's like he's Kay Lenz's child. Turned off. Yeah, he I just the, I remember we used to on HBO all the time, and I didn't even watch it. Then. I've seen bits and pieces. And yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. It just seemed really stupid. I don't know. It's I if it came out on Blu-ray for seven ninety nine, I'd probably buy it now just because I of eighties nostalgia. Yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those things though for me that's not even. I think we would have had to have seen it at the time to appreciate it, and I wasn't interested in it at the time. You like. I've never seen any of the Karate Kid movies. They looked stupid. I saw the first one, but you know, I didn't even see it on at the theater. I rented it on RCA Video Disc. It's just, for me, that's not like an 80s love kind of thing at all. Because Ralph Macchio tried, uh, well, he taught Nicholas how to smoke on 8 is Enough. So that and marked him for yeah, death in your eyes. not watching that movie. Oh, and Cruel Summer from Bananarama. A lot, lots of people are like, oh, it's from Karate Kid. No, it's from their own album. It was a hit before that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I hold in much higher regard than that is the 1986 classic movie Cobra starring Sylvester Stallone and Brigitte, Niels- Brigitte Nielsen. Love it. You like anything with Brigitte Nielsen. Eat the Floor. What is it? That's, but that's a different movie. That's from Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cop, Cop 2. In fact, that's why I bought that Beverly Hills Cop 3 movie collection on Blu-ray a few months ago, just to have her performance in the second one, because you couldn't buy that on its own on Blu-ray. Just so you can watch her say, eat the floor. Yeah. And then get shot at the end. Wow. And then, like, Eddie Murphy's next to her in a gun shooting range, and he's like, that's a tall bitch. Well. Well, she was a very tall lady. Remember how good she was on the... Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, that's, that reality show with Flava Flav and... I never watched We anything. watched some of that show when it was all the celebrities living together and we watched... I can't remember what that show was called now. Celebrities living together? <sighs> what well, was... I don't know if it was the one that... Am I mixing like Vern Troyer was on it? And you made claims that you don't even watch or like reality shows. I used to watch them. We used to watch Survivor all the time. You remember? That was the first season. I think we watched the first three or four cycles of that. I didn't. I thought it was boring. Well. I can't believe that it's still on. And there's people that really love it. More power I mean, to them. Good for them that there's something that they like. Maybe they might want to look into watching Twin Peaks because I bet it's better. In fact, I know it is. Well, Culture Club released another album in 1986 
In fact, I remember this is one of the last albums that I reviewed in our high school newspaper. Oh, God, that takes From me back. From Luxury to Heartache, featuring the hit single, Move Away. And that title for the album was really appropriate because this was their final album at the time. Do you remember when I found the CD of it? Because it wasn't released on CD. In America. In America. I don't even know if it ever, it's, if it's ever been released here in America because my CD is a... Import, but I almost had like an aneurysm. Well, I that's what happens out. when we find those holy grails, you know, when we used to go to those record conventions and get our hands on things that were not available on CD in America. It was just like the most major thing, and now you can just do a search on the internet and just download it, you know? Oh, no, I want the physical thing. Oh, we all know that. That's why your room is bursting at the seams with it's wall-to-wall not, CDs. I have plenty of room. They're all organized on shelves. Bursting at the seams. No, it's not bursting at all. You're the one that needs to move somewhere else. Well, if there was like a light earthquake, I would probably be killed from blue rays falling on me. Yeah, you're not supposed to have sleeping. shelves above your bed. Well, it was your suggestion when I moved into this space to put my bed on one side of the room and TV on the other side and my bed would be well, underneath shelves. Well, the original plan you had was well, retarded can't say that i think i just did well it we, was we're not going to describe the layout because you have to see it to visualize you have to see it to believe it <laughs> no it does, don't you think that it looks nice yeah the workout is good it's good feng shui but the, i just need a bigger tv on the wall no it's plenty big for this room no i want it bigger because my eyesight's so bad well i hear you there i i just i'm about this close to writing letters to like tv guide and people magazine and asking them if they can print, like, in a bigger font. Do a large print edition. And, oh, especially Legos. I have to I have to wear my old glasses. You know what we have to get you? We should to, get you... Let me finish my goddamn sentence. I've got an idea, though. I have to wear my old glasses in order to read the directions that come with the Legos because these glasses just aren't cutting it. What we need to get you are glasses that have, like, the little jewelry I things. saw a lady... I had to take my mom to Macy's this past week to get a new um, battery, battery battery for her watch. Why we had to go to the third floor at Macy's is beyond me. Like, there's no place else that can do this. A drugstore. <laughs> or just, I mean, they do it for you. But um, anyway, the lady, the girl, she was younger than us, had one of those little jeweler things mm-hmm. attached to her glasses and it made her look really official well that's what you need you need to look official officially blind it's just part of getting older and i can't wear progressive lenses because of my motion sickness yeah i'm gonna get readers i think and you probably should you would probably benefit from readers because then you could see your phone without having you just have to switch glasses we can get you like a, a chain like a chain necklace, but and I, you could switch glasses like sigourney, sigourney weaver and copycat no i can just take them off and look at it but you have to hold the phone like six inches from your face to read it i'm not i'm not dealing with two pairs of glasses that's the way like things get broken. The glasses that I have on my face, I'm not going to reveal how much they were, but it's not anything that I want to pay again. So, and that's that. These are like Ray-Ban deluxe glasses. Okay, Pottery Barn. <laughs> well, I have a reason to talk about the brand because you brought it up. Yeah. I just don't want to the more 
the more you take glasses off and on, the more instance or the more the bigger chance that you have to breaking them. I concur. So I'm just saying we got a compliment on our glasses on Facebook. Both of us did. What? Oh, like a recent picture of us? Yeah. Well, thank you. It's Amanda, Laurel's sister. Who I took to an NSYNC concert. Yes. All I right, guess it so doesn't count since we knew the person. <laughs> oh, it always counts. Everything counts we'll in take, large amounts. We'll take any compliment we can get. That's true. Get so few of them. <laughs> well, so they didn't release any more albums for a long time after that. Boy George went solo, and he had a couple of solo hit singles here in America. One was from that soundtrack of the John Cryer movie, Hiding Out, called Live My Life. Yeah, and then he had his first single from a solo album, which was Everything I Own, which was a cover of a song by, I think, this group Bread. called Bread. Yeah, and it was a very reggae it was not sound. a hit here in America. No, I liked it. Um, that album. You had the cassette single. I did. Um, I loved the artwork for that album. It was super London at the time. Yeah. Super British, super pop culture. I, I used to have I a promo poster. Yeah. Sold was the album. Yes. Yeah. I liked the. I actually liked the title track, Sold. Yeah. And then his next album, um, I really liked that song, Don't Take My Mind on oh, a Trip. I love that song. But the thing is, it was so weird for him to be... Like, he'd been doing his own thing, and everything had a musical continuity to his style. But this was, like, a definite genre of music that he was getting into. Like, it was kind like of like early New Jack. New Jack, which, that's what they said, but it didn't sound like that to me. I think it's totally... Wasn't it Teddy Riley that produced it? I believe so. But the name of that album here in America is called Hi-Hat. Yeah. But everywhere else, it was called Tense Nervous Headache. And the only time I ever saw the video for... That song, Don't Take My Mind on a Trip, was on Video Soul. Yeah, it was very funky. On BET. Let's just play Don't Take My Mind on a Trip.
Yeah, I thought it was important to play that all the way through because that's one of the lesser known parts of Boy George's catalog for people that aren't diehard fans. I was very disappointed when I got the 12 inch record of that because it didn't come in a picture sleeve. It was just like a plain black sleeve. It was just disappointing for, you know, all the Culture Club and Boy George artwork was always really cool. Yeah. So I'm sure it came in a picture sleeve. In other parts of the world. You know, um, one of my favorite things they put out was like a, I bought the CD at a, one of the independent record stores at the time was like an import called This Time and it was like Greatest Hits with some remixes. That came out in America. Did it come out in America? I thought it was just the import. It certainly did, but we kept. Oh, that's right. The import version. We was kept the import packaging. version. Has a better booklet than the American. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, didn't th- I think the track listing is the same. On both of them, but yeah, they've released a couple hits collections. And then Boy George had his own called At Worst Best of Boy George and Culture Club. Well, that was Culture Club also. That's what I'm saying. (sighs) Well, they had that really, really nice box set. Well, you have that. that I most certainly do. But that's lots of redundancy on it. There's lots of redundancy with you because you just keep talking about the same things over and over again. God. I think we both could be accused of that. Not, I can't be accused of it as much as you. Twin Peaks. So you've stated. So let's talk about the Martyr Mantras, the Boy George album. It was a very high concept. It's very good, though. Oh, it's some of the best work he's ever done. I want to hear Generations of Love.
yeah, at this point, it was really interesting to hear George embracing these different sounds like the dance and acid house. And this album was credited to Jesus Loves You, except in North America, where it was Boy George. Although I had a cassette maxi single from this album that was a U.S. release, and it was released under Jesus Loves You. So that's not altogether... I mean, I guess as far as the album goes, that's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, it's a really interesting album, and I, I've read, like, really kind of bad reviews for it, but I think as far as his fans go, it's, like, a very well It's As far album. as without Culture Club, just him, I think that's his best thing that he's ever done. Well, I think probably the best thing he's ever done on his own is The Crying Game. Well, I mean a whole album. But yeah, I love The Crying Game. And we'll play that at the end of the episode. Why at the end of the episode? We have other things to talk about. Yeah, we have other things to talk about before we get to that. Well, I kind of want to move off of Boy George for a moment and talk about some of like the, the other side projects from Culture Club. Okay. Um, John Moss actually had two other bands when Culture Club were on hiatus. One of them was called Heartbeat UK, and they had a single called Jump To It. It's on YouTube. It's with the lead singer of that band, Roman Holiday. Yeah. Remember their song, Stand By? And um, that was on MTV a lot. And then One Foot Back in Your Door. I remember that. Which was produced by um, Mutt Lang, who... Worked with the Cars and well, lots of people. Shania Twain, but he's responsible for all of Billy Ocean's big hits. Oh. And he, he kind of... I think it's... Um, Get Out of My Car. Get Out of My Dreams. Get Out of My Dreams, Get Out of My Car. Is actually based off of One Foot Back in Your Door in Your Door by Roman Holiday. But anyway, the lead singer and John Moss, I think they just released the single and it wasn't a hit in England. And then John Moss also released an album with one half of Wang Chung called Promised Land. And there's a video for that that you can watch on YouTube called Circle in the Square. It was I had that CD and uh, it was very kind of like I could understand why it wasn't a hit. It was very kind of soft rock kind of. But oh, like Alan Parsons Project? No, it was good. Oh. Or, or better than that, which wouldn't be hard to be better than that. But it wasn't my favorite thing ever. I was kind of, I wasn't happy that it bombed or anything, but I could just see, you know, why it didn't didn't sell well and then I know Mikey Craig released a single called I'm a Believer and I don't know if Roy Hay Hay ever did anything else I guess we could google it and find out well I'm more interested in the prospect of since you mentioned him we need to do a Billy Ocean podcast no no really we don't why not but everyone loves that song Loverboy and suddenly I do love Loverboy yeah that's a great song and of course, Caribbean Queen. So what did you find out about, about Roy Hay? Roy Hay has gone on to work as a film composer. So he's done work with Hans Zimmer 
and did the music for what did I just say? It was some Stephen uh, King. The movie. Stephen King TV series that starred Anthony Michael Hall of the Dead Zone. I think I thought it was a movie. I don't think it was a TV series. There was a TV series of the Dead Zone. It, when you said Dead Zone, that's the only thing that exists of Dead Zone besides the movie with Christopher Walken from 30 plus years ago. It says he composed music for a series directed by Robert Altman. Doesn't say what it is, as well as the music for Cracker and for Stephen King's The Dead Zone. So it doesn't say if it was the movie or the series. It doesn't really matter. But well, now I'm my interest is now. Oh, are you gonna stop? But I'm not gonna reach over and click to search something. At least he's been doing something. That's true. Culture Club recorded a new album a couple years ago called Tribes that has never come out. There are various things circulating around the internet as to why it's never come out, mm-hmm. and it keeps being delayed. They're, they perform songs from it on their tour. That the we, one we didn't get to see? Yes. Is that the one you mean? So I don't know if that album is ever going to see the light of day. It'll probably find a way to get out there. Boy George has been very busy doing other stuff, though. He's... He was on the Celebrity Apprentice show here in America. And he did really well on it, too. He came in second. And then the I think he's on The Voice in Australia. So That's fun. He's busy. He's doing stuff. I want to talk about Helen Terry. She was the background vocalist, as we Indicated. mentioned earlier. So before she ever recorded her own album, she did this bizarre song for that movie Quicksilver with Ray Parker Jr. Oh my god, I forgot about that movie. That's the uh isn't that the Bicycle Messenger movie with Kevin Bacon? Yeah, and she this is they're like riding bicycles in the video. It's kind of funny. But and I think it's obvious that in one part that there's like a stunt, stunt double. double for her. <laughs> but um she released her own album and I love that album, but I, I just consider it like I have it filed away with Culture Club because right. I just feel like, you know, she was such a big part of Culture Club. But um, the album was never released here in America. I had to buy an expensive import of it. I hate when that happens. But my favorite song from it is called Stuttering, and we're going to hear it right now. Right now. She had a very almost kind of Allison Moyet. Yeah, I got quality, that vibe from listening to which, that track. Which uh, is very Adele-esque as well for clearly for the kids listening today. 
I'm really glad that Adele has had so much, so much success here in America. Me too. She should do the next James Bond movie theme because why? Why did they just do one artist now? Like remember Shirley Bassey did multiples in the past. I think they should bring back Adele. Why don't they bring back Duran Duran? They could do that. Who did the best James Bond theme? Ever. Or Rita Coolidge is still available. Aha's <laughs> available. I don't think they are actually. Are they not together? They're they're busy doing other things. Well, t- they're available to do a song for uh, international. They've kind of hung sensation. it up a couple of times already. So we're not forgetting about the crying game, as Scott indicated. We'll play that at the end of the episode. That's right. But now it's time for... New releases, please. All right, so my new release of the week, I think I mentioned it last week as being ordered and arriving, is the Blu-ray of one of our favorite movies, The Accidental Tourist, which I finally got this week. Wow. And it looks really good. I actually watched it all the way through one night this week. Extras? The extras are the same as on the DVD that came out. There's like an introduction by Lawrence Kasdan, the writer-director, and then there's the scenes with Gina Davis in the movie. She does audio commentary, so you can hit that option, and it just shows her scenes in the movie with her talking about it, oh. which is really good. Then there's like a little featurette that came out. Does at the she time. talk about the credit card machine? Uh, I'm sure she does. I haven't listened to that commentary since I got the DVD years ago, so oh. I'll have to watch that again. Then the other new release that I um, was excited about was a single that I played you last night by that group called Bleachers, mm-hmm. and the song is called Don't Take the Money. So if you guys like, obviously you like 80s sounding things, um, I think you would really like this song. I'm sure a lot of you probably know Bleachers already. If you ever saw the movie, Hello, My Name is Doris, the guy, Bleachers is one guy. Yeah, the electronic artist. Yeah, he was in that movie, the Sally Field movie. Right. So So my new release of the week, it's not out yet, but I just want to tell everyone about it. It's available for pre-order, and that's the new book by David Sedaris that comes out at the end of this month, and it is called Theft by Finding. It's his diaries from 1977 to 2002. He keeps diaries. He's been keeping diaries for, like, decades. And it's, these are the works that he refers to when he's writing his books. So I cannot wait. He is a close personal friend. You know what I um, really anticipate for this is the audio version because I love hearing him speak and do readings of his work. Yeah. And his sister Amy, who we love, called At Home with Amy Sedaris. And that's going to be on True TV. And apparently there's like an Instagram account already for it. So if you want to follow it, you can look up At Home with Amy Sedaris. So I wonder if it's going to be like an extension of her... Her books. Of her books, yeah. yeah, And her hostessing. And I want to say that Todd Oldham probably has something to do with it because he did a lot of the... Crafts. Craft and designing kind of stuff. I hope he has something to do with it. But I would imagine that's going to be coming this fall. They've posted pictures of them on the set, so they're, like, making it right now. Yeah. Well, that's fun. That's very exciting. I have to check and see if True TV is in my DirecTV Now package. It's T-R-U TV. You know what? I do have it because there's a Billy on the Street. I'm just telling people. But isn't Billy on the Street on that channel? Yeah. Then I have it. Okay. That's good to know. You know, Hulu has a new... 
um, TV service. I will talk a little bit about this new technology in our new releases that you can watch your local channels through that without having like antennas or rabbit ears or anything like that. If you don't have cable, obviously this is for cord cutters and it has cord DVR. cutters. That's what it's called. Cord cutters. If you don't have cable, you that's what you cutters. call someone who like cuts the umbilical cord when a child is born and then puts it on the grill and eats the placenta. That's disgusting. Some people do it. That's inappropriate. No one does that. I've heard it's been done. Ugh. It's real. I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> I've not heard firsthand accounts, but anyway, you can um, have like multiple cable channels live. I'm and then so have... bored. <sighs> I just want to turn the TV on and I want everything to work. I know you want everything to just be on one box that has everything, but the world isn't that simple. Well, then it's just going to pass me by. One of our listeners and friends was telling me about a new series that he thought I would like that's on Netflix. And I told him, I go, I said, I haven't even turned my Netflix on like in three months. So I haven't, I had never heard of the, it had the word, the number 13 in the title 13. Oh, it's called 13 reasons why. Yeah. And it's about a teen suicide thing. I don't oh, know. Oh, I don't know about Our that. friend Andy has watched it and said it was really good, but I don't know. I, I've seen lots of people on Facebook yeah. talking about it. So Well, and something else new that just came out. Do you know about this? I'm showing Kevin the webpage. This is a new product that Amazon just came out with. And, you know, if you're familiar with Amazon stuff, they have Alexa, which is the personal assistant, and it's built into the speakers and phones and stuff. And is that can, like Siri? It's like Siri. Well, now there's a new thing they have that combines a speaker with talking to, to um, Alexa, and it has a screen on it. It's called Alexa Show. I'm going to play. It said Echo Show. Play, introduce Echo Show. With Amazon Echo and Alexa, you can use your voice to play music, control smart home devices, and get news and information. And now, introducing the newest member of the family, Amazon Echo Show. Hi there. It looks like Doug, a box that you With like Show, have, like, do you call your receptionist in an office? Mom would like to talk. Alexa, accept the call. Hey, Mom. Hi, honey. How are things? I don't think that the angle of a camera on your counter could be flattering for anyone. Parenting thing would be. And you're forgetting what your apron says. I just, yeah, see, I, I'm recording this right now because I want your reaction as to why people would want this. I don't know why anybody would want that. It's That's just FaceTime. Yeah, exactly. But our friend Corey got that. Turn that bullshit off. I know. <laughs> I can't stand it when things like things are playing while people are talking. That's crap. Um, so what's the little thing called? The dot, the little round disc yeah. thing that you can ask questions and it responds. And it plays music and, and you stuff. can say, play this song from my library. Yeah. No, it does not work like that. Core, I said, does it play, will play songs from my iTunes? And no. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to, it would be your Amazon music account. I'm not interested. Well, in here's the thing. Apple has been not rumored. interested at all. This next month is the uh, Worldwide Developers Conference where they have a whole bunch of computer people that do software. I'm speaking in layman's terms for you to talk about new things that are going to be coming out and new developments in the software, like to make Siri better, make iTunes better, et cetera, everything else. And Apple's rumored to be putting out their own version of like a speaker that has Siri in it and it would integrate with all of your music. And but is it going to be $500? Um, 
well, they obviously haven't announced anything. I would imagine since this thing that Amazon is putting out now, this show thing is $229, and it looks like a weird, it's like a 70s little panel speaker box that, like I said, you would have like in a, like a secretary would have outside of, or the executive assistant would have outside of the boss's office or whatever, and um, speak to him, except there's a little screen on it, and it's a touch screen. But I bet Apple doesn't have a screen because they're going to think if you have Apple stuff, you have their phone, you have their iPad or whatever. And then this speaker would just be something to complement that and be in your house. I bet it's like 200 bucks. Like my mind completely shut off while you were talking about. All well, that. you know, I interest, am interested in all this technology. I am the exact opposite. I am not interested. I want something. I mean, if it's going to pl- I can play my iTunes in my house through my Apple TV. Right. So why do I need something else? Well, in this case, you wouldn't need to have stereo on. It would just be a thing that's always on and you can like play Hungry Like the Wolf. And it would just play that like if you were in your kitchen and it would be on a decent enough speaker that it would fill the room with sound and sound really nice. And you could say, send a text message to Scott and it'll say, what do you want to say to Scott? And you would say, fuck Eat you, Leslie. Shit. Eat shit. Twin Peaks sucks. Something like that. It's very overwhelming. The concept is very high. It's very 2001 A Space Odyssey. I don't know. It all seems unnecessary. Like. Well, nothing's going to advance until they got to keep making these products to find out what sticks. I saw on the talk this week, they were talking about how people like under the age of 25 they don't speak to each other face to face. People like will literally be sitting next to each other and they speak through text. Yeah. Like the only way people will speak face to face is on FaceTime. So it's, even then there's technology between them. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy that that. I mean, why do I need some bit of technology to talk to you, like if we're in the same room, I just don't get it. Well, and people that are twenty, it's 20. all these things are being in, you know, invented, and it's just like it all seems unnecessary. I mean, it's nice, I guess, that it exists, but there's just so much of it that. Like, my mind just turns off, and I don't care I about know. any of it. Like, when I talk about 4K Blu-rays? I don't even... This still You explained it to me, and I still don't know what it is. Well, I'll send you a Google link. Like, okay, I understand that a Blu-ray is an upgrade from a DVD. Yes. The DVD was an upgrade from the VHS. Or Laserdisc. Right. Why do we need another upgrade? Because screens get better, they show more detail, and you need... Like, my TV screen right there is... What's going to come after the 401 Blue K? There's 8K that they're working on. They're probably going to have Then what comes after that? And you keep having to replace all your... No, I'm not replacing all my, except if, like, some things came out, like Like, Star Wars or Twin Peaks. Yeah, how many freaking times are you going to buy the same movie? Like the James Bond movies, which I've owned on every single format. But, like, I thought we were moving toward a society where we don't have to buy something physical that we can just download. Right. I really think that this 4K Blu-ray is the last real high-end physical media that's going to be around. I think it's then it's going to go to streaming, which I'm kind of resistant because, like, what if it's not going to happen, but if Apple goes out of business and you bought, say, you bought $500 worth of movies and, and stuff like that, those movies need to, like, connect to a server in a lot of cases to be able to play 
And so it's like you own them. You don't really own them. You own the rights to watch them. But if they go out of business or a server or say the, the cloud explodes and you lose all that, you don't have that anymore. Right. And this is why I've pretty much gone back to real books because my iPad, which I had the Kindle app on, my iPad, which has not even been used that much. I mean, I used it to read some books on it and, you know, I would look at Facebook and maybe some instant messaging, but it's not, I'm not the kind of person that takes my iPad around everywhere with me, but it's crashing all the time now. I can't read books on it anymore. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. I can just pick up a book and not have to use an electronic appliance. Oh, but you have to turn pages. Uh, Well, it just so happens I've... I've got hands that can do that. For you now. <laughs> but, like, that doesn't make any sense because you'd have to have hands to push the button. No, you could say, hey, Siri, turn to the next page. Siri is useless. Sir, Siri is an asshole. What? You just made... Wait. <laughs> hey, Siri. Hello there, Scott. Can you tell me some of the things that you're good for? I am good, but not great. Got that right. As far as that video conferencing goes, I'm not interested because, okay, like this week, Chris, our friend Chris from, you know, our childhood, our childhood, he called me twice and both times it was on FaceTime and both times I was just like not in a state to be seen, you know, like I was in, you know, the bathroom or like I don't even I was in bed or something and it's just like I don't I'm not talking right now yeah. like I feel like I need to like be at least a little bit presentable I don't you know want to I think this there should be a social I, standard with video conferencing maybe like, like you text someone yeah, you first. text hey what are you doing I want to talk can we do FaceTime and say can we not just I'm going to interrupt whatever you're doing with a FaceTime see call. that's how I feel about it it's so like I feel like my privacy has been completely violated it's kind of like when someone comes to your door and rings the doorbell at dinner time yeah it's just like you have this you know a FaceTime call and it's like I think actually one of the times he he called I was making dinner yeah it's like I can't do it right now but well if you had one of those Amazon boxes you could take the call hands free I don't want to be I don't need to be seen while I'm making dinner I agree I don't like it either I don't know I just feel like it's such an invasion of of privacy and I'm sure it's happened before but what about like when are we going to become a society where like um like calls that are solicitations are FaceTime calls you I know, think just... you have to have people's contact information it's much more hard to come by it could it could happen though or I mean, a wrong number or yeah, something well, or... I, don't, I don't think you can wrong number someone because you have to know their ID to FaceTime them at least on the Apple ecosystem the one thing I'll say about this this Amazon screen thing they have a deal like where you buy one for 229 but then you can buy two of them and you get $100 off buying two if you have like a like a older parent or family member um, you could have one set up in their in their if they lived elsewhere, obviously, and you could 
keep in contact with them and they wouldn't have to be technically savvy like to mess with a smartphone or you could check to make sure they're okay just things like that i mean i can see that i agree with that i wouldn't mind having my mom's cell phone is so it's not primitive but it's just very it's not a smartphone yeah it's a basic cell phone so like you know and she doesn't even text and it's not that she can't text she's just not interested yeah. in it at all. I mean, it would make things a little bit easier because her hearing is, you know, getting worse. And there's so many times that I'm on the telephone with her and I have to repeat myself so many times. And I can hear, like, feedback from her hearing aids. And yeah. So it would be easier. I can see that. But I just, like, I just don't want everyone just... Uh, As the main point of contact to yeah. be doing that. Yeah. I only FaceTime with like two or three people, so. Who else other than me? Oh, you. Juan, Juan Carlos. Carlos and Andy. Yeah. So. Who? I'm surprised you talked to anyone. Well, it's very limited, the amount of FaceTime stuff that limited. I Limited. Very limited. All right. Well, there's just going to be more and more products coming out that I... And for, and for everyone like this that seems kind of like, well, that's very random or I would never want that. I do think that it's important that technology like this keeps coming out because it is going to make our lives easier, especially as we get older and more feeble, that there's going to be. Things. I'm already feeble, apparently. Yeah, me too. Um, but I think stuff like this, there will be more features that come to different products and it'll be we'll be able to apply it to our everyday life. Well, apply make, it. Yeah, definitely apply it. So I think this is just the beginning for another phase of interesting things for the home. Have you ever heard the, f- the phrase, don't count your chickens? Yes. Well, apply it. Thank you, Mink Stoll. <laughs> I guess that should be our I'm so sure of the week is people calling you on FaceTime unsolicited. Yeah. Text me first. And well. Or send a Facebook message. Well, Liz texted me the other night. I had already plugged my phone in. It was like, I don't know, after nine o'clock. And I had already plugged my phone in for the night and was doing others. I didn't even look at my phone. I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I saw the next morning that she had texted me last night. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just didn't even look at my phone. See, I always, I usually see my phone right before I go to sleep, even if I missed a text, because I turn it on, turn on that um, program that plays white noise. So I that's have, on your phone. That's on my phone. I guess I need to put that on my phone, like the rain app, because yeah. my iPad's no longer working. Oh, real quick. Look at this new app that I just downloaded. Can our listeners see it? Oh, God. What is it? It's a cat game. It is a cat game. Do they get to, you put it, and it makes them, it, there's like a moving dot, it's like a laser dot on the screen, so you set it down and your cats are supposed to interact with that? Yeah, it's called Game for Cats. Is it free? It's, yeah, it's free. I think Gracie wants me to get one of those giant 12.9 inch iPads and then let her play oh, with Oh, she that. would love that so much. It'd be as big as her face. And on that note... I guess that's the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed the supersized length. They won't all be one hour and 20 minutes or one hour and 18 minutes, but we'll do our best. I can do it by talking about Twin Peaks, if that's what you'd like. So you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash I'm so sure podcast. You can find me at facebook.com slash 
I'm So Sure podcast. There's no apostrophe in there, obviously. And there's also on Instagram, hashtag I'm So Sure podcast. And until next time, I'm Scott. I'm Kevin. And here is Boy George, The Crying Game. I'm So Sure. Sure.